0: You enjoy sitting at the pub or at the ground, listening to two blokes tell you who's gonna win the footy and why, you know, the type of guys that puff at their chest and say, hey, say after their obscure multi comes up. Well if you do, this is the podcast for you. How good is it to have a full slate of footy back in our lives? The only problem is you're probably going to need two tellies to watch all the games on a Saturday and a Sunday. But we've got you covered at our sponsor, the Yorkshire Hotel on the corner of Punt Road and Langridge Street in Abbotsford. They've got plenty of tellies and plenty of refreshments to either celebrate or commiserate your team's back-end performance as we come towards the big time of the year. Hunt and Funnels footy... Or the important game. So get on down there, to Yorkshire Hotel, corner of Punt Road and Language Street in Abbotsford, your one stop footy shop in July. All right. This time of year, winter sets in and we start battling. Teams start battling, health starts battling, ammo starts battling. I've got a battler next to me right now. He's come out of his deathbed, the big barrel. How are you travelling, yeah, mate? Yeah, right, mate.
1: Bit uh, chesty still. Hopefully, I go back to work tomorrow, so it'll be good. I'm getting a bit bored at home. So there's so much Netflix and. um, Jump time and Stephen A. Smith you can listen
0: to during the week. Very true. But luckily now you get to have your chance to have some hot takes. You used
1: to call me on my cell phone Late night when you need
0: my love Call me on my cell phone Late night when you need I want to jump straight into that, into Coach's Corner. A couple of questions I want to ask you from a Coach's perspective. So the big yeah. one is that the, uh, the doyen of, of uh, AFL media, Mr. Jared Whiteley, is campaigning hard. Harder than a politician to get elected to bring down the score review. Yep. Should we bring down the score review tomorrow?
1: No. No, I should keep it. I know... Look, it makes mistakes probably once a weekend. But there's probably, you know, 50 reviews. It's probably... I think it's one in every take 15. It gets absolutely wrong. Yeah. And that's not... It's the person sitting in the control room doesn't get the full amount of footage and stuff. So that's the AFL just needs to properly invest in it. And then you saw the I don't know if you saw this one, but with the Geelong game with um, Schnicko, yeah, Schnicko, it was actually on the other post, the post that so opposite to where the ball was, the other post that um, Dangerfield ran into, was where Schnicko got the reading from. So that's and they gave it behind. Get rid of Snicko, if that's the case. Get rid of Snicko. Keep it for what it is to use for now and. Yeah, look, I think, it, I think it gets more right than wrong. But I'd rather have it there for grand final day because imagine if on I'm grand final day there was a touch ball, for instance, the free event, like in Freeman free at Collingwood, what was obvious as anything, and we didn't have the, the... The media going off even more. Yeah. So I'd rather have it, have the chance of getting it right, and getting the odd one wrong than uh, having it not at all and then getting none of these right.
0: Exactly. And then also the reverse would have to happen as well because even if we didn't have the goal review technology we'd still have the camera footage yeah. and so Channel 7 would still do the replay and then there'd be it'd be even bigger deal it's like oh my the, god how did I get that I wrong yeah. 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 so I don't see Channel 7 taking away their right to replay stuff anytime no. soon so we kind of need to keep the goal line technology which is why it came in in the first place because that's what they used to do a couple of years ago was no goal, no goal review system but have all of the Replay is still present, and then the umpires were getting made to look by like full anyway. Yeah. So It's improved since, and much like a lot of the coaches have said about, you know, the standard of play and the stay of the game and player welfare and blah, 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 is that as much as there's lots of things, lots and lots of things that the AFL can improve each week, it's a lot better than what it was five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago. But
1: the problem with it is they rely on the televisors' uh, cameras. Mm. So obviously Foxtel's not doing that great at the moment. They've got less cameras at games. Seven have the same amount. So, if I need to get their own cameras in there, set them up in there inside the fifty. so make sure you get all the angles, all the right pitches as well, and then that goes obviously back to the bunker, someone there who can act like actively use it all not Don't rush them, don't say you've only got 40 seconds. Mm. Let's make sure we get this decision right. If it takes a minute, it takes a minute, it takes two minutes, it takes two minutes. Mm. Let's get it right, but if it does take a minute or two, Generally, it's still 50-50. Like you see in cricket when they do run outs and stuff, if it takes longer than you know a minute, they'll have a look at it. Generally, it's 50-50. You get the benefit to the umpires. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Makes sense. Second one. This comes more from like a coaching philosophy. So I very rarely listen to the Monday shows anymore, but I was listening to On the Couch uh, on Monday night. And Gary Lyon came across with this little nugget. So apparently inside 50 efficiency is down. Yep. And he says it's because teams are targeting the obvious space inside 50. Yeah, they want to defend. They want they to, want to defend, defend your entries as opposed to try and maximise the score yeah, so from them. So like, as a coach, would you prefer that your teams are predictable going inside 50 or hitting up the more dangerous space and being a bit more risky? I think what he was talking about was like if
1: you get the ball outside 50 and it's conge- like it's congested, hmm. they always pop it to... The hot yeah, spot away, The hot spot, yeah. so it's about five minutes out from the goal square. A, because the car gets pulled through for a point and then yeah. kick in. And B, it's it's a bit easy to defend. We we try and keep the kick skinny, yeah. so uh, it's easy to defend that pocket. Um, try and obviously get it out. Or, I mean, if the fat side kicks on like it happened with... Yes, they was Shanks, but in the John game that he referenced... and game. Brisbane game line. that he referenced, they were Shanks. But they went to the fat side and generally... Yeah, you know, you're probably have someone there you know, sitting at the back, and it just falls in their lap because the defenders aren't looking for that. they go, "All right, it's going to go here." So you can catch teams off, but you got to go really quick to do that because if it does get butchered or turnover. Yeah. There's so much space for them to break into, and and it's harder to defend. But right, I've, I mean, coaching on Saturday, you know, in the conditions that we had, I was, um, at the start of the second quarter. I'm I'm more likely to try and to win a game, so. I went one on one around the ground and see what would happen for the first couple of minutes. It cost us two goals. I went and put another number behind on the footy, where the opposition because we're we'll kicking with they had the win, The opposition had the wind. in the first call. The opposition had numbers behind the ball, and I, I thought I'll, I'll see how we go. Because we win the ball in the middle, we go four got six on six we might win it. You know. Yeah. So yeah, that's my bad. But at the same time, I'm I'm more of the attacking sort of philosophy. I want to be trying to win, seem to win the game, not defend it or. You, know, you can adjust to that. So with those kicks, if it's on and, I'll, and my, my players think they can get something from it, I'm gonna back them in to do it. Yes, you might get cut up the other way, but I'd rather see them take on us trying to score than kicking it to a, the hot spot for say. And you know, we're not an overly big side in the in the 19. So if we get in set mark, then it's still gonna be the opposition's ball, and they might you know yeah spin out the other side. Of the yeah, so have a crack and see what happens. I don't like the kicks. Uh, 45, 50 metres out to the so to the centre corridor. Yeah. Because they don't come off, then you're in big strife. But at least if it's, you know, 20, 15, 20 metres out, you got some chance of Locking still trying it. to lock it in and uh, even just rolling over and trying to stop them from bringing out the fat side. But, yeah, I don't, I don't mind. But, yeah, those things think, are shakes.
0: Yeah, but do you think that the AFL media is mature enough then to when if a team did take that advice and went, you know what, no, let's be unpredictable going inside 50, turns yep. the ball over and gets scored against, surely that's on on the couch next week. It will be, yeah. So, like, they just have it both ways. They
1: have, they want teams score from turnovers. Like, yeah. Teams score highly for turnovers. They want turnovers and score from back half yeah. and uh, teams want to score from front half all that sort of stuff and, yeah, they analyse all that. So, if you had four or five inside 50s trying to kick to the flat side or the hot spot but a bit further up the ground like 35 40 minutes out you butchered and got scored against and you lost the game they'll be absolutely hammering that on the on monday night show monday's experts always know what's best always tell you what you should have done monday's experts
0: Always know what's cooking, how the game was lost, and how it could have been won. little side segment here. Do you know the phrase, spill the tea? No, you're sure you're ready to tell me. Yeah, so spill the tea. We made a reference a couple of episodes ago about how we had a couple of clubs that were on the third date. Yep. So spilling the tea is like date gossip. Oh, so okay, like, yeah. how, how did the date go? Are we sorted? Do we need to dish them? Yep. Spill the tea. Spill the gossip. So we had two, two teams on third dates. One was Frio, one was Brisbane. We'll go through Frio first. So after saying they're on tender hooks and they really need to impress us on their third date, they went ahead and they lost to Melbourne and they lost to Carlton last week. Yep. So simple question. Is it time to ghost Frio? Well, Kane Corns and myself predicted this.
1: Um, I, I spoke about it that week after they beat us that we've seen them beat sides previous to JB and come out and put in stinkers like against Esther and stuff like that. And they've done it again and you know, Kane Corns highlighted a lot and he's actually copped through the shit for it off uh, Rossi Lyon this week. But they got ahead of themselves. They, you know, were being arrogant, up and about. Um, then they after they lost to Melbourne they blamed their injuries. So instead of saying, well, hang on a minute, you know, we probably should have won the game, we had it done this and this better. Um, they blamed the injuries they had every excuse to look. they actually remind me a lot, of, a lot about Melbourne mm-hmm. use every other excuse of actually looking at themselves and on the weekend against Carlton they were 5-6 goals up in the first quarter and they had no reason to lose that game and somehow they just got out hunted out yeah no cribs no cano yeah like they should not have Carlton should not have been within a sniff but it goes back to when you know you chat out a few of their decent players especially the outside runners and they go back to nothing and Their 4 line now, you know, without Hogan and out a few others, they're just a bit one-dimensional, pretty small. And whether uh, Rossi got that six goals up and went, all right, we're going to go back to defensive style footy, but that allowed Carlton to come back into the game. Yeah, especially over there. Like, you don't see Fremantle get beaten over there too often, so...
0: And not by Carlton.
1: No. But, uh, yeah, I I don't trust them. Having haven't all year. On potential and on their list, they should be a top-eight side, should be a top-six side. But at the moment... uh, they're all, struggling to make it. They're, well, yeah, well, now they, they are, especially with some other teams chasing, like, you've got Kangaroos and Sydney, possibly uh, Western Throgs still possibility, and Richmond becoming good, so, you know, and I think they got a pretty tough sort of run home. I know they play um, West Coast this week, but, you know, they got Hawthorne at EMCG, which, you know, might be a bit of a struggle for them, then they got Sydney, so, you never know, but uh, for me, I just think, yeah, they're done, um, finals-wise, mm-hmm. and, Maybe even coach-wise, maybe Rossi Lyon is on the move and it's getting out, so they're a bit, uh, you know. A
0: bit antsy. Yeah. Well, there's going to be plenty of coaches on the move, so we're not going to even waste any time trying to predict that one because every day there's a new coach going somewhere else, signing, not signing. It's it's just chaos. But let's talk about our other third date. That's Brisbane. So now they're at 86% chance of a top eight and 33% chance of top four. And since we said, oh, we're on the precipice, they had a big win against St Kilda, a decent win against Melbourne. But have they actually proven anything?
1: Well, the beaten sides be beating. That was a terrible game. <laughs> Brisbane Melbourne was a shocking game. Yeah, it was. It was, well, it was disgusting to watch. Melbourne played like something like eight tackles in the second half. I mean, that was probably the way the game was played. But still, got like, they played. They laid two tackles in the third quarter, uh, and that just explains a lot. And look, I, I rate Brisbane. I still think they're going to be there or thereabouts in the top. or They'll definitely make the top eight. They got a good run home with lots of home games, but I think they're. Their lack of decision making and, and skill sometimes will count against them. And my also big worry is that they got tired before the bye. Openly admitted they got they were tired and ready, you know, for a break. Mm-hmm. That was about around, what ten or eleven. So, what's gonna happen in another five or six weeks with some of these young blokes when they're you know second half of the season? You know, whether they're gonna be able to carry on? They probably, like I said, they probably make the finals. They probably get knocked out in the first week, but they're still gonna scare some teams and you know. This week against GWS is going to be a very, very interesting game to watch. Because they haven't beaten anyone in the top four yet. Um, they haven't claimed a big scalp. They're going to Canberra against a side who we'll, we'll talk a bit more about soon. But I reckon they're a good chance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I have as they 50-50 at minimum in the uh, previews, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, last thing on Brisbane, though, is do you think the game style is finals ready yet? Because I still think, at the moment, if, the, if they have the ball, they're amazing to watch. And again, if they're fully fit and fully rested. But I think, as soon as they turn over, and you said decision making is a bit hard because they're younger, yep. they get scored against heavily. So they're ranked 12th for points against. Yep. So they're well outside the eight with that. They get, they get beat up on the back end. And a lot of that's because they commit so heavily forward that when you break their line going on the other way, they're chasing tail to try and, try and defend. What so is- they can smash teams like they have, like the poor teams, but the better teams do score heavily against them. Yeah, if
1: they get it on the outside on their own merit, they're tough. But if they don't, then it's. You can see it the other way. Like, it gets Collingwood when it happened, you know, stuff like that. So, it's made it really tough for them and, um, you know, made it a more congest- congested sort of a game. Like, take that speed out of it. And that's when they're probably not as good because it's still at young bodies that aren't as good contested. So, yeah, I think if, if you. And even Melbourne did it to them a bit in the first half. They made it a congested game. but just Melbourne's a poor execution with hands and even them going for was disgusting, so I just left it um, open for Brisbane to counter attack. and you know, to be fair, Brisbane won the game, probably in a fair margin, because you know, they should have been up by a lot more. They mm. probably should have won by 10 or 15 goals, yeah. but another year with you know, good maturity, good development, and hopefully find another big, bigger midfielder that steps up a bit more, because I think they rely heavily on Zorko and Neil at the moment, I mean, McCluggie just got on the outside, even Cameron, who hasn't been firing in the last few weeks, and Hip would have to get him going again in the third quarter. Harris Sanders has been really good down back, and uh, Bailey, unless the place has been handy, but I reckon they're still missing one or two senior players, just really step up and uh, carry them a bit, because you know, again was pretty good as well on the mm. weekend, he's just a good little coach down there out in the ground, but you know, does he go on again next year, so they have some work. they've got some, still got plenty of work to do, and they've got plenty of upside, but I reckon the way they're tracking, this is a perfect year for them to make the finals.
0: Yeah, gets to know what it feels like. Yeah. Gets to know what you need to improve on. And then next year. And build
1: again. Yeah, I think Fagan's a good coach. He's more of a, a player manager, I think, though. And he's got coaches around him that are pretty good technically and sort that sort of stuff out. And yeah, they're on, a good, they're on the right progression.
0: Absolutely. All right. So now we've got some trust issues with these three clubs. These are the ones that should be or say outwardly that they're pointing towards finals, finals yeah. contention, winning the winning on the big day in September. The first one, however, is Port Adelaide so now they've slipped to a 45% chance of top four their own coach comes out and says we're untrustworthy and we don't know why can you help Ken Hinkley answer that question they've been doing it for
1: oh, since I can remember I guess like three s- seasons even yeah even longer maybe like Port Conor a bit of GWS in the way that they've got lots of blokes that are very good when it's on their terms but when it's not on their terms they don't do the hard work and go both ways and you know, Motlop's probably a perfect example of that um yeah, Oli Wine's in really really poor form as he fit. Um, yeah, probably Boke's the only one that can do it. And even that's why Rockcliff got, got dropped. I mm-hmm. uh, wasn't doing it both ways. And even going forward, you know how much pressure is Robbie Gray put on up the ground? That sort of stuff. Does he get back in two way run and defend? I don't think so. You know their backs are all young as well. They've got a, overall they've got a still got a pretty young side. And um, you know he dropped a lot of experience the other week with Ryder and Rockcliffe and Sam Power Pepper and, and Boke. They didn't have a game, so they obviously stayed out. This this game but with the weather and stuff—you surely would have had, you would know, had bikes like rock. Your big
0: bodied yeah, contested guns yeah. in there, just holding it together, really. And
1: that's got outplayed by one player. Bontepelli made it look like it was a dry sunny day in Melbourne, you know. And he's he's an absolute gun, but yeah, I was, they got obviously issues with their consistency because of their, I because they're on the younger side. But having said that, they've been doing it for like four or five years. We've had lots of older players go through there as well. I just think. It's all mental, and whether whether Hinckley's the right man for the job, you know. Again, he's a very good. You see a lot of young players coming to Port Adelaide, and they play really, really well. And I heard Kane Corns again speak about this. He's a really good coach with younger players. Mm-hmm. Whether that message gets old, and whether it doesn't flow through the older players as
0: much, I think almost. I think what younger players really enjoy is. Like, the freedom to show like show personality, express yourself is usually yeah. the term they use. Yeah. But then, like, after being in the system for a couple of years, express yourself equals almost like a lack of accountability. Yeah. Because once you become a senior player and you're actually in the system and you know what your own skill set is, then, then to win, you need to do all the things that are hard and difficult. Yeah. You you run both ways. You're putting your body on the line. You're, yeah, trying to, trying to be as competitive as you can be when your body's only 70%, yep. but you're still playing every week. Yep. All that kind of stuff that Port isn't doing because as soon as it gets hard, wet, tricky conditions, real crashing, no Hollywood football, they, they get failed and they get caught out by it. a team that shouldn't be betting put out there. Yeah, no,
1: well, you sort of get themselves up and about and they got over long. They did the same for Geelong they set themselves, but they have a big you know, down in the following week. So, mm. this is a team that can't be trusted in yeah, you know, they play Adelaide this week, and I, I bet they you know, come out fired up against. Well, hundred percent,
0: because I'm I'm tipping them to give a little spoiler alert for the for the tips later on the pod. But they win, they lose, they win, they lose, they win, they lose. And yeah. The ones they lose are the ones they should win, and the ones they win are the ones they should lose. So to show down, yeah,
1: it took a long time for Melbourne to win two games in a row, mm-hmm. uh, even three games in a row. It took probably it was like years. I think it was. It's because they get ahead. They have one win, and even after like they beat. Free they're all coming out in the media and talking about how good they were going and blah blah, but they fundamentally still play the same game style and get caught up in it. And do the same shit they've been doing, all year and it hasn't gone anywhere. Maybe ports will be the same. They get a bit ahead of themselves. They play a bit of different footy. They front run. They don't defend as much and don't do the hard stuff. They're like they think they beat Geelong. Next week we're playing. Yeah, the doggies. Yeah, yeah. So don't have to put in as much effort kind of thing. But yeah. They've been up and down for a long time and I'll probably tip this week as well because I don't rate Adelaide and Port probably bring in some senior experience. They've been uh, under the pump all week, so I expect them to bounce back. So
0: Another team that's very similar is GWS. So they're a 73% chance to finish top four. My question is around their flag potential and it's going to sound really harsh and very Canes Cornsy, but are the Giants too arrogant to win a flag? And I'll back this up with stats. So, they had 70 clangers, which was 21 more than Eston on the weekend, which is just a prime candidacy for Hollywood football. That's all we're talking about, like the entry kicks. They were taking short 25 metre kicks into the corridor, coughing up to Eston. And it's like, why are you doing that? So, Eston were butchering it going inside 50 as well. Oh, absolutely. But Eston aren't going to win a premiership this year. And the the Giants should be. And the Giants should be smarter to know it's not on, get it in, lock it in, score it, add the stoppage. That's what good teams do. The second one is is they got out-tackled by 22. Yeah. And they didn't have, didn't have possession dominance because they were coughing it up. So they weren't tackling when they would they'd cough it up and they wouldn't care. It was like, this just looks to be a lack of care about when you make a mistake. That's the thing you first teach kids is that if you make a mistake, it doesn't matter. Just make sure you're the bloke that chases back. And then the third one is where they concede. So 75% of their goals conceded in the Essendon game or in the Corridor. And they ranked 14th for opposition conversion rates. So again, it's like someone else's. It's always someone else's job. So there's always they always leave three men in defense, and if yep. they do, if it doesn't make it past their forward press, which is very good, and their midfield, which is elite, if it gets out the back, then defenders just want to peel off a bit about like rebound play. But if there's spare men, then they get found out, and, it, they, and you saw it happen, and that's why they lost that game. Well, part of the reason why they lost that game.
1: Yeah, there's a few things that didn't go their way as well. I mean, umpiring yeah. stuff was pretty pretty horrendous. Or, yeah. but I think for me, Joe U.S. Uh, they, they, they're a pretty boy side. Mm. They're like side that thinks they're better. When I say, lip off it, you hear about teams saying they're very, very lippy on the field, very, very ahead of themselves, very arrogant. And sometimes it reflects in their footy. And especially their foreline. You look at their foreline. not many of them lay tackles, not many put frontal pressure on. you got your big spearhead down there. Uh, Jeremy Cameron is on a big, big money. And he played, I think he laid two or three tackles last week. He averages like one tackle a game. So that's not good enough from your big key four. When you're under the pump, and he needed the ball to be you know, stuck in there and, and puts a bit of pressure on. And then he, he had two or three contested possessions. Again, so he's a big key forward, and he's a get up the ground, work harder. And they showed footage again the other night of him as well. Uh, and he's just... The ball's out of his five-meter area, and he stops. It was almost like Lynch was doing it the other week with, with, against um, Geelong, when he, just the ball wasn't in his vicinity, so he just went, I'm not moving. And I was questioning whether he should be playing, because he looks. You know, injured and cooked with his knee. You know, Cameron just almost has that care factor. He doesn't care. And I bet he gets suspended next week or two because if you can look over his know, history, yeah, his history, he has he has a flat period where he doesn't do anything. Joe start losing a few games, so he gets suspended because he gets frustrated, probably because he's not get hit, getting hit, lace out, and you know, Finlayson's the same. He goes missing. Himmelberg's probably the only reliable forward on that forward line. It has a red hot crack and their midfielders are the same their midfields are all and Collingwood's a bit the same as well at the moment which I was going to talk about both of them have insane midfields but there's no one in there doing the, the grunt work the dog work you know Brandon size come in for Collingwood the last few weeks and he's to be fair, he's a bit a bit off the pace whether he's carrying a niggle or whatever and, you know he's also been knocked out and stuff but he looked a bit off the pace off pace and he was the one last year that for us when he was in the team did a bit of the grunt work and made it you know allowed our outside mids and other mids to get off the chain a bit. JWS don't have that. They've got no ward. He's out injured. Um, You look at all their other midfielders, they're all, look at me, I'm pretty, you know, Kelly gets the outside. King has a gun, tries to do everything. You know, Taranto's more, your outside, but gets forward. So, and you know, Whitfield comes in this week and he's elite kicking and elite, he's a smart decision maker. Again, he gets up the outside. Mm. So you just wonder when teams like North Melbourne, who under the pump for that whole game, but then just ran out of, you know, outside, uh, when when GWS finally got outside, they just ran out of puff. could go with him for that, because Esther loved it on the outside. So, yeah, for me, I just think they're... I just, they just don't want to get... We've spoken about it for years, since we are doing this podcast, So mm. I can respond about GWS and just the fact they lack that blue collar. They want it... They, and they
0: had it this year with DeBoer, and they made, they actually looked unstoppable. When he was... when he was when yeah, he out for eight weeks. Yeah, it's me. So when he's there... Laying the tag. It wasn't really the attack. It's just that grunt work. Yeah. he body someone off the ball, create the space, lay a tackle, do all, the, do all the work that no one else want to do. And when you have him and Warden there, then they just paper over all the cracks. Because yeah. then, then the Hollywood boys can be Hollywood boys.
1: Reed, Reed's the only one that plays in that team that I reckon would run through a brick wall for oh, to win. Mummy. Mummy would, but even Mummy's he, run, he
0: runs through brick walls for fun, though.
1: He's struggling to get around the ground a bit though. Yeah. Um, but Reed, like Reed is literally his story, he just he would run through a brick wall, to make sure that team wins. I reckon if you put twenty two of them there and said you've got to run through that for us to get a grand final win, there'd be a few blokes there who go, no, nah, you know what? I'm not doing it. And even shows, say, with Matthews, their CEO or footy manager, whatever the hell he does up there.
0: Given Trelor back. Given
1: Traloral. Well, hang on a minute, mate. He has he, he left his play in the grand final, he's been pretty successful. What has GWS done? Hmm. They've made a couple of prelims. With all the concessions they get given, and even when they lose players like Trelaw and your Shields and those sorts of guys, they're getting two first-round picks back. Plus, they got the academy
0: that they're going to, get you know, spare me. Last one, and it's the uh, elephant in the room. The big pies. You did predict this last week. You were concerned about coming into the Dogs game. You were concerned coming into the North game. So now you're down to a 68% chance of the top four. You're probably the team if one have to miss at the moment. It's either you or the Giants. Buck said he was embarrassed. A, were you embarrassed? Do you think the players were embarrassed? Is there a chance of responding? And B, what's the actual problem? Because then, again, as I said, I watched on the couch. I watched a couple of other Monday night shows. And everyone started digging through all these stats. And the problem I have about the Monday night shows are is that you can get all the stats and then you can retrofit them to fit your story. Yep. So when they say, oh, they've changed this game, they're doing this more and they're going slower and blah, blah, blah. Well, no, that's the whole league. All the rules yeah. changed this year to last year. Yeah. So everyone's playing different style football. Yeah. And they're saying in one breath, oh Collingwood taking too many marks and playing too slowly. Then the next breath, oh how great is it that West Coast and Geelong are playing tempo football? Yeah. That's not what's the issue? What's the actual issue? You watch Collingwood more than anyone else.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, I can tell you what the issue is, we've got no one on the inside winning the footy for us. And when teams hunt us, we're a bit yeah, we found out a bit around the contested footy and the secondary contested, contested footy. At the moment, we're trying to score from the back half, I think, to allow for that because we are missing that inside mid and Taylor Adams is probably crucial to coming back down and staying fit with Brighton Sight. Brighton Beam Beam's obviously done for the year. Our four-line isn't as functional now because we've got a few injuries and Cox will take a few more games to warm up into it. Um, we're going to play Quainer this week, which is great. You know, but even he missed last week with a little groin niggle. But if you go through our injury list, and not once have we ever blamed our injury list, mm. we made the grand final with the similar injury list last year. We're still sitting second on the ladder. Do you remember a few weeks ago, and I was the one that stuck up for West Coast when this happened? And you can go back and find it. They had that little form slump at the start yep. of the year. Everyone was writing them off, and I said, before, I said that after their second loss, with the fixture they've got, they'll still be in the top four by the bye week, and they won't lose another game. I reckon they did that. Basically, yeah. Yeah. So every team, especially in the top four, and John haven't had it yet. Which, which I can't wait for happening finals. Every team has their little form slump. Yeah, you know, obviously GOS they have their form slumps every two or three weeks. So they lose two games they should win. Collingwood's having it now. We've, we've managed to win games still. So obviously Fremantle outplayed us. We nearly stuck that one in. Ugly goal decision our way. You know, we knocked off the doggies last week when we shouldn't have. Uh, and. North Melbourne, who all the other coaches are saying they're the toughest team to play the most physical team to play. And I reckon we rocked up not expecting it. Oh, expecting it a bit, but expecting we'll just get the W. And they absolutely smashed us. And Buckley's come out and had a crack at them. And I, I expect us to bounce back this week. But you look at our injury list, there's 11 blokes in this injury list that walk straight into that. Side. Mm, absolutely, yeah. No other team in the comp, apart from probably Richmond, could say that. And even Richmond are getting back blokes. So, and Richmond has still been able to win as well, even though they've copped a bit of shit uh, about their, you know, yeah, rec, and, their record yeah, and stuff. Yeah. No other team in the competition could could claim they've got eleven blokes. Maybe Melbourne, the possibly the only other one, but even then, that's a stretch. But Richmond and even Richmond's injuries now—they've got blokes coming back. It's only really um, Raywalt, um, Rance is obviously gone, and probably Nag they're probably the only two that come back maybe Ross yep. the only two that come straight back in and have a massive effect on that team as Conwood, you know we've got 11 that would actually start straight in that team so it has a big effect and it probably has changed the way Bucks wanted to play his play this year you've got to adapt the you've got, You got know, as a coach you're missing a player right he usually plays X spot who can play there or right, he plays there but then I've got to find another someone mm. to fill that gap so you might change the way you play a bit and that's obviously what's happening in I have no doubt that we can be trusted just let us get through this three to four week period where we've got some bikes coming back from injury we got Jamie Elliott and um, Adam's coming back hopefully get a few more back as well or Ace and stuff like that I don't reckon Grundy's 100% I reckon he might get a rest coming up because then we've got a five or six weeks where it's really yeah, tough yeah,
0: really them. lead into finals I guess tough teams would kind of let you try what you going to do in September and then you get the proper shot it yeah, as well I,
1: I'm backing us when around the you know when it gets to the crush we'll be there, and I think you should
0: be there. And I think that yeah, it's pretty. What I find ridiculous is that I want to know what whether they would have done the same thing if you had played the same way, but North didn't play as well because North played amazingly well, oh, they, they, which is why which is why you got pumped. Yeah. But say North played like they did in the early part of this season, yeah. then maybe North win by a goal or two, or maybe you get the W because you're a better side on paper. The media then. then what do they do then? Is it, is it a tough win? Because before it was like, oh, Collingwood's only playing one good quarter of footy. How good's that for their for their yeah. season potential? Now it's, oh, they only play one good quarter of footy. They've got they're no chance of the granny. I think
1: the media loves the story. So it's obviously Collingwood and Buckley. Yeah. Big, big deal. Like, why couldn't they run with Carlton last night? Why would not they given Freeman or more crap? Why, why do they keep, why does Melbourne keep getting away with it? The doggies keep getting away with it. But there's other clubs there that are absolutely in, like, just no good. Yeah. They they seem to be getting away with it. But because it's Collingwood, because it's West Coast, big fan base, you know, sells lots of you know, people interested. We, we get whacked. Um, you know, even Port. Port have pretty much got away. Adelaide keep flying under the radar as well. And, yeah, it's just amazing that there's all these teams out there that are struggling. I, I still can't believe that, you know, Goodwin's... Like, you look at R- Alan Richardson and um, even you know, Bolton and, and Walsford, and how much pressure they've come for their jobs... How Beveridge and um, Goodwin haven't come under any pressure, it just baffles me. It's obviously mates with mates and yep. the big boys club that it is, but how can someone like Richardson, who's going to get the sack after having less than, was it, how many wins did he get last year? Like four or five yeah, or something? He's, he's had more wins this year with... Uh, with more injuries. More yeah. injuries. And a club that's you know, got its own issues as well. He's lost his best player and Jack Stephen and mental issues. Other things have happened around that club. And he's got six wins. He might finish with seven or eight. Yet he's the one that's been pretty much been told he's sacked and won't be welcome back next year. Yet there's blokes like you know, yeah. Goodwin who, who's taken this team to one preliminary final on the back of some a good block of footy, which you know, the Doggies did, obviously. And arguably, you know, Richmond peaked at the right time in Adela- with Adelaide. And, you know, you can see some other, other teams have done it previously. They peak at the right time and West Coast for instance last year yet yeah, he's got no yeah no pressure no pressure yeah. nothing to answer for so yeah just and game plan doesn't change and yeah, anyway it just baffles me that yeah these sorts of things happen and there's only a few blokes that come out and say that and you know as much as Cornsy cops his fair whack for some of the stupid stuff he says
0: he says some sense as well
1: he says a lot of sense but no one ever hears that because people want to jump on Cornsy for the stuff he says that's not well they don't perceive as correct and they take out a context hmm. as well and cut uh, and edit to make it sound like what it and again it's the same as the, with, with dangerfield if they would have listened to the whole thing you would have seen actually you didn't actually say what people were saying he said hmm. then dangerfield and scott have a crack and corn is not the one to sit there and cop it so you have a crack back and yeah anyway
0: very strange areas but that's why we're here as well we're here to keep the bastards honest and uh, everyone that deserves their whack will get their whack. Everyone deserves their fair due will get their fair due.
1: Come on! You
0: Round 16 preview and fair to say Baz, this year has been a diabolical tipping you. And it's summed up with this one stat. So last week, the top eight teams currently in the top eight went four and four. Yep. And the bottom 10 teams went 5-5. Five and five. Yep. So it does not matter where you are on the winner, at any one point. It doesn't matter what you've done previously. It doesn't matter who's out, who's in. It doesn't matter. It's basically, you might as well just toss a coin nine times and tip that way. But we'll keep on fronting up and we'll keep on having a crack. So upset alerts. There are plenty this week. And I've just penciled this one in because... Um, we're all a bit concerned about Collingwood. So, Friday night it starts. Hawthorne, $2.75 outsiders. Collingwood, a $1.41 favourites at the MCG. There, it's Hawthorne's last home game, so expect a big old crowd because Jeffy would be marching them in from Glen Waverley. 16.5 to the line, 158 is the total overs-unders. Surely, Collingwood would respond because, as we found out with the Eagles, Hawthorne aren't that good.
1: Yep. Well, Eagles only just out of the win, though. They did. No, we, we come out and we win. We win five, six goals. And if we don't, you're very, very shattered. I'll be I'll be more worried if we don't come out and put up a big fight and, and make a statement about how we're actually tracking. If we don't do that, then I'm, I'm actually worried. And I think with the team going, for so obviously Jamie Elliott's good chance of coming back in. Mm-hmm. Isaac Quinn has a massive ink. He a bit of speed and a bit of uh, good kicking off back. I just think yeah and hopefully it's a go he spends a bit more time in the midfield I know he's limited with his injuries and his his, the, his feet and his shins they're trying to uh, manage him very carefully to get him through the year but hopefully he spends another couple of minutes a quarter in the midfield because he just gives us a bit something different mm-hmm. uh, hopefully Syast gets up and he's fine You know, we saw Josh Thomas through the midfield a bit uh, against North he actually started to get his hands on it a bit more but he stays in there I reckon they might reward Crocker with he's been in some really good VFL football form so they might reward him I reckon there'll be a couple of changes and just a bit of a statement made by by Colin Liddy. yeah and I, I really even though Clark has probably prepped him and got him already I reckon we're uh,
0: we're going to be alright and in terms of the stakes there's not a lot for Hawthorne to play for realistically in terms of like absolute like when it comes down to that one two percent you can get out of the emotional factor of like we need to lift Collingwood need a lift because everyone's under the gun just because you're Collingwood whereas Hawthorne their season's pretty much done now
1: well no he's come out and said they're a final chance now Clarko he said last week I thought he, yeah, I thought he pushed West Coast they lost yeah, and he
0: went said... f- further down the ladder and now they're a finals chance Mate, we're, because, they played, said, because they played a good third quarter against the Eagles
1: he said that um, they, they pushed the second to, or third team all the way and they're travelling alright and maybe the rebuild isn't isn't what's required. Maybe they're close to what they think, etc
0: cetera, et cetera, I think surely that's just selling to the fans so the fans turn up.
1: Oh, I've got no idea. We'll, there's only about 10 people there for their game, so maybe that's it. But yeah, uh, they'll try and play possession football and keep it off us, but hopefully our pressure's on and hopefully they turn it over a lot and we just uh, score big.
0: Absolutely. And all the things that if you guys are switched on and you can finally get some inside ball is where you'll absolutely smash Hawthorne. So they uh, lost the contested possession camp by ten per game this season. They're ranked 16th in that. They don't score from clearances either, so they're ranked 15th in that one. Uh, and they they just yeah they're lacking all of those pressure factors as well. So they they're not great at tackle efficiency anymore. All that secondary um, stoppage congestion stuff that you were good at early on this season. Yep. If you can replicate that form, you you should pretty much do a big number on the Hawks. So I'm comfortably tipping Collingwood to start the weekend off. Second Upset Alert, Saturday, $1.45. SNR $1.60 favourites, Sydney, $2.25 outsiders, also at the MCG. The line here, 10.5, the over-under, one fifty-eight. The Dons walk into this as favourites, I think based off the overreaction of beating the Giants in very, very fortunate circumstances.
1: Yeah, I looked at this, I went, surely this is a mistake. But then I remember the last few weeks we've said this. This is a
0: mistake. And then we've realised that the book is the book
1: is for Yes. Even though we've said that, I can't believe that Essendon are Dolcey's favourites. Maybe can string us back. I don't know why. I know Calum Sinclair's down, so they're going to have to cut something in the ruck. Sydney broke. And Lee did a pretty good job and actually gave him something different around the ground. I reckon their small forwards uh, and small backs match up really well for Sydney and Essendon. Obviously, there's no buddy. Uh, but, you know, we've seen... Dawson and McCartan who had to go down back for once Cam they went down and Alina there at the rack McCartan went back so that probably cost me a bit but McCartan uh Reed, uh Blakey Dawson who all float through there Haywood those sorts of blokes it definitely is is a good enough mix there from the score it's and there's not I don't really say, same with uh, Jerry West I couldn't again I couldn't believe that uh they didn't put more time into Saad and McKenna and McGrath. There's not really a match-up for those three down in Sydney's fourth half. Like, Pap was in really good form, so who goes to him and tries to shut him out? I just can't believe that... The only thing I can see is that the midfield battle for me is pretty even. And just the, the fact that Sydney don't have a ruck when it's the MCG, it's the only reason why... I, 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 otherwise, I don't know how Sydney aren't this. And it, One of my bets of the, this week is Sydney to win and Sydney to cover the line because... It's baffling. Eston have been under the pump. They're not playing that great. You know, they just got over a line against Joe Vest, but arguably should have... Lost, uh, anyways. Lost. Yeah. And the way they're going it's like 50 butchers of footy, and that's where Sydney are one of the very few teams that like scoring from defence. so Absolutely. And that's, that's this where...
0: is all their problems for Eston. So they average, the lowest disposals per turnover. So they ranked last. Night. They're the worst disposals of the football in the competition. Everything to do with them going forward, um, but then also, the back half then is disposing is really poor as well. They concede five goals a game from defensive half turnovers. Yeah. So they'll gift you five there. They won't make a count on the other side. They get beaten. Basically, if they get beaten at either end of the ground, they might win it in the middle. Yeah. So even with Sinclair out, they're going to win it in the middle anyway. they win it against most people in the middle. And they just turn over here, they turn over there. But it doesn't matter. They're going to turn over and give you the ball back. And then the city gets the slingshot. So I'm going with Sydney as well. I'm really glad because I was a bit I'm um, a bit gunshot
1: for me I just can't understand how this SN win one game or something their favourites yet yeah, Walsfall was under the pump last week for, you know to be fired yeah baffling and yeah I'll, I'll be taking Sydney to win
0: will you be taking Sydney to make finals they've gone 6 from 7 now
1: yeah not yet
0: they're getting close getting close they are a pretty good run home. they do just saying that was one of the hot tapes before the buy. Yeah. Got scoffed at. And they did what I said they were going to do. Because that's what Sydney does. I don't reckon they want to make finals. Probably not, but they're going to accidentally fall in there at this
1: rate. Yeah, I know. I reckon they want to miss just to give everyone a break.
0: Clearly, my, yeah. so he can work out what he needs to do.
1: Yeah, well. I can he, he, if I was him I'd be wanting to stay if I was North I'd be wanting to keep Shorey but that's another thing
0: there you go moving on Saturday 4.35 the showdown Adelaide dollar $1.65 favourites poor Adelaide $2.15 outsiders the line here 7.5 the over under one sixty-two. and how is a side that is so overrated like Adelaide such clear favourites here again I don't want to say the bookies get it wrong because every time I've said that this year I've got it wrong so perhaps they got it right, but on on matchups, if Port turns up like they turned up against Geelong, they smash Adelaide because right. Adelaide
1: is no good. I reckon they've they've stuck with Adelaide because they're more trustworthy than
0: Port. But You're Adelaide, Adelaide are like like really cheap white bread. It'll do a job. Yeah, but falls apart under pressure it does so if they can bring the pressure they brought against West Coast and Geelong earlier in the season they absolutely smash Adelaide and, it, and, and all their metrics base up because Adelaide suffer under pressure they suffer getting away from the contest and that's where that's where Adelaide can be elite can though not will it's only a can yeah, if they turn up and
1: play the footy we know they can play they should win because they're better than Adelaide but will that happen that's the only thing we can't trust them but I can trust
0: Adelaide to be poor, or to be average. To be average, yeah.
1: I'll just, I'm, for a betting perspective, I'll be tipping Port later on. Yeah. But from a playing perspective, I won't touch this game with a 90-foot barge pole. Mm. Because it's just one of those games, I, I don't even know. What the, if it's wet, I reckon it brings Adelaide into the game a bit more. But I don't know what the weather's right. going to be like. But for me, I just, if Port are, are serious, and with all the shit they've copped this week, they're, they're going to rock up and be real hungry and ready to play. And I think That's what it is. And I reckon Charlie Dixon is just prying himself for a big game. And this might be the game where he sets himself. Because Charlie Dixon is just in his third game back now. He started getting the, the little groove for it. He's a big angry man. And he's a big presence in that four line. And I reckon he's the one that, yeah, he could make a big difference. And obviously Daniel Tali will probably play on him. But...
0: Yeah, big dick OE could be the man. I'll give you a bet though. So this is this is a very conditional bet, but you would take poor Adelaide to win this week and then to lose against Brisbane at home the week after.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: That that's definitely like, that's that's the, yeah. if once a little play action, a little yeah. five, a little ten dollar bet. That's definitely what you do. I'll be paying around about you know sixes probably. So cash in on that, but leave that solo game alone <laughs> because there's no way you can trust poor Adelaide to turn up. But if they do, they will beat Adelaide. Alright, Sunday, 110. I cannot believe I'm going to say this, but Carlton, $2.90 outsiders against Melbourne, $1.40 favourites at the MCG. The line here is 16.5, the over under, 155. I really, really, really want to tip the Blues, Baz, so talk me out of it, please. <laughs> what
1: if I want to tip the Blues? Well, then we're tipping the Blues. Oh, well, that's really scary,
0: isn't it? Okay, you can't tip Melbourne. We can't. They were, were terrible against Brisbane. Like terrible. And then they they were average against a very poor Freo side. And they're no good. Well Jerry you know the only thing is that Carl- <laughs> So did my concern here is did Carlton spend their emotional, you know, big game, their Money Ducks moment for the season against Freo last week?
1: Well my 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 concern is where does Carlton's scoring come from with No Mikhail They don't
0: need scoring to beat Melbourne, they only scored ten goals again anyway.
1: Because the number one forwards going to be McGovern. Yeah. Now, one thing you can rely on a little bit with Melbourne is they've got some good defenders for key tools. Yep. Obviously, May and Frost, they do play a good role. And The midfield battle will be interesting because I think Carlton have a bit more uh, skill and outside run, but Melbourne definitely have the inside covered, especially with the bigger bodies. Mm-hmm.
0: And especially with creeps out. <coughs>
1: And then you got the foreline of Melbourne, which is non-existent, versus the backline of Carlton, which is pretty handy. You know, you've obviously got um, Simpson back there. And um, and they've kept good sides to low scores. Yeah, they have. And you know, they've got weedering as well and stuff <laughs> like that. They've got some good backs and Plowman and those sorts of guys who do a job. And, yeah, I don't know. I can't. You can't trust Melbourne. But they should be winning this. But at the same time, Carlton have played some decent footy last few weeks, and you think, well, my only reason I'm tipping Melbourne is I just think the maturity of Melbourne. It hurts me to say, even though that Gorn is out. I think Brendan Proops is going to come in and be a big difference. He's a physical, intimidating sort of player who might just give him a bit, diff, bit of a different edge. I reckon. Surely. Um, Goodwin said, all right, let's just throw the... and just play a bit more football. Just do what... do what Shaw and Teague have done at their club.
0: Isn't Bellman's problem they're playing too
1: much football? No, they're trying to flick it on too much. They're trying to use too much handball and go too quick. Just to mm. slow it down a
0: bit. Yeah, but that's the opposite to what Teague and Shaw are doing. Teague and Shaw are saying they're getting the shackles
1: it. off. Yeah, but they're getting the shackles off and just top run, saying, all right, they're running out there, I want you to bring effort, bring intensity, like plenty of tackles, hit hard, mm. but just play football. Just play... You stick to your positions and just play football. I'm going to play you in your best positions. That's why Murphy's going back in the infield. Kurnow's going back in the midfield, And the other Kurnow's been playing a lot deeper. I'm going to let you play your positions. Let's, so, let's just throw, so, throw so it. Yeah,
0: so they've done that, and you reckon that this week, for some unknown reason, after a whole two-year sample size of Goodwin doing exactly the same thing week in, week out, regardless of result, <coughs> this week's on the week of the Week. That he decides to not overuse the footy and to just hit up a lead inside 50 and they're going to turn around that inside 50 abhorrency efficiency well, rate.
1: If they don't they lose a Carlton, he will be under the pump.
0: But why would like, why would he change now?
1: Because hopefully someone said, oh, you're, you're fucking would, wrong.
0: But yeah, but wouldn't they just say, well, we're better than Carlton so we don't rate them. We're going to play exactly the same way. If he
1: plays that same way... They're going to get beaten. That's I why we're going nah, oh, to tip
0: Carlton. No, I can't.
1: Got to tip Rowan.
0: Um, I'm, I'm. I'm gonna wait till teams. I'm gonna give myself as long as possible because if and you know what, that's and part of it is just because I hate Melbourne now. But what I hate more than hating Melbourne just by itself is having to trust Melbourne, <laughs> having to sit there on a Sunday and watch Melbourne play and be like, I know you're gonna let me down.
1: I, t- I tell you one thing you can back in is the unders. It'll be a bloody low scoring game because Carlton don't have any real good forwards that kick goals, and when they've kick scores, you've relied on McKernan or McAda's kick it bag. And Melbourne's 4 line explains itself. And I reckon this will be a perfect game for your uh, 70 to 75, 86 sort of.
0: Or well, 61 to um,
1: 75. Uh, one team is going to get 61 to 75, the other teams probably get 76 to 80. So it might do both. At the moment, I reckon, yeah, just go unders because I reckon it's to go unders. I'm pretty sure it's going to be wet Sunday as well. So It's
0: July in Melbourne, so. Yeah. Even if it's not wet, wet, it's going to be cold. On to our 50-50 pick, as we mentioned before in the uh, preamble chat Sunday, 4.40. The Giants are $1.38 favourites against Brisbane, who are $3 outsiders. And it's a, a three-goal line, and an over-under of one sixty-four. Now, again, it's all about trust at the moment, and we can't really trust either of these two sides. Do we, do we trust the Giants to rate Brisbane? Would they see Brisbane as a threat? That's my first trustworthy question. i got one for Brisbane as well. I think they would, yes. So then if that's the case, then they show up. If they put in all of the stuff that they don't usually against the poorer teams, then they beat Brisbane because then Brisbane's forced to make them turnovers and we've seen that happen already. And we've seen that Brisbane, when they travel, they're not quite as good as when they're at home.
1: Yeah, good. they're not as good on travel and they're not very good with disposal of football, especially in the forward half. And that's where I reckon GWS will get it. Hmm. I reckon they'll get them on the counter.
0: On the outside, just being too clean, too skillful, yeah, too if, fast. Yeah, you
1: know, if Whitfield does come back in, which is a high chance, then I mean he won't be great first up, but he'll still be pretty elite. Um, and a few of the other ball users as well will just cut them open and that's that's my worry. My only thing I'm thinking of is if it is a shootout and it does go end to end, it just really brings Brisbane into the game and they actually probably want a scalp, so they haven't got a scalp yet this year. Um just you look at them play last week and you just go well, how can I tip Brisbane even though GBS got done against Essendon back in GWS and again they cocked a bit of flack over the weekend uh, I just can't see how Brisbane can turn it around so quickly in a week with skill exactly again, when, it's,
0: when it's skill and decision based as opposed to effort Yeah. then that's going to be even hard to do against a team if they bring that pressure
1: one thing is this will be a high scoring game so over 164 and a half is a pretty good bet I reckon because right, neither teams will really defend. neither teams are great tackling sides who average high amount of tackles it'll be end to end sort of stuff and I reckon whichever t- if say GVS get a run early and, and Brisbane can't match and go with them it'll still be a high scoring game because Brisbane will still try to keep scoring and mm. play it out and that's where um, I reckon City, are the most dangerous because once they get the outside run and they're allowed to play that kick that kicking game and that tsunami sort of game is when Jerry are so at their most dangerous.
0: Would you take the cover or is that still too risky for a team you don't I trust? I think it's yet? still
1: too risky for a team I don't trust. And I don't trust Brisbane enough lot to come out and just play an unbelievable game as well because I want to claim that scalp.
0: On to our sure things, it starts Saturday, two ten Gold Coast, four dollar eighty outsiders, Richmond a dollar sixteen favourites. They're playing at Metricon Stadium. The line here's a whopping thirty three and a half, the over under a very small one fifty. There's not many angles here in this game at all. Um, w- why are we suddenly bought in, into Richmond so heavily?
1: Getting players back and you're playing decent footy. You played much more Richmond footy last week. And you're playing Gold Coast, so they're being pretty average. Not average, but they're...
0: They're just being they're found s- out for what they are. Like yeah, they're playing just, just, games. They're yeah. young.
1: They're, they're, they're playing good defensive. Football. I thought the thirty-three and a half was probably over because you have a record of losing up there, don't you? We do. You do, yes. So... Um, Look, I think you'll win. I think 33 and a half is a bit too much. I, I, I think the 150 is even a bit low. Uh, the Gold Coast are going to make it a grind. They're going to try and stop scoring and, and defend it all, at all accounts and that just plays into your series.
0: And it just keeps and, in the uh, forward half. If that ball is half, just banked yeah. in Richmond's forward half, they win. Yeah,
1: so. so And that's what's going to happen. I, I, there's talk of rewop playing, but if I was you, I'd just be carrying him over another week, get him right for what it really matters and yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Lynch actually plays as well because up against his former club, whether he goes out there and...
0: Sure, if he plays, and i mean, trying to look for it, but it's still too early being the Wednesday night, there's no uh, market yet for uh, three or more goals or most goals. Yeah. But I'd take those as your roughies for the week because I think he's the type of character that had this pencil in a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, he okay. likes to prove
1: a point. And this sort of sort of shows where Richards at. If someone like Sydney Stack and go forward and kick four, uh, Choll did a great job. So... And- yeah, again, it shows you do have good depth, because if Nate comes back, Choll misses out, You know, Rewalt comes back in, all this stuff, Bolt is already out, so yeah, there's lots of things that are to play in Richmond's hands for the rest of the season, but they're not, they should not get beaten here. If they do, then they're in danger of reaching the finals. they got to pencil this win in.
0: Saturday, 7.25, the Bulldogs are $3.32 outsiders, Geelong thirty favourites at Marvel Stadium, the line here, 21, and the over-under, 166. Now, the Doggies have claimed a couple of scalps. Doggies uh, did take offence at Buck saying that they uh, that the Pies played their worst game against the Doggies. Yeah, that's not... The a... Doggies said, actually, no, that was due to us. Us being, you know, aggressive and tough and hard to play against. That's because Beveridge doesn't like Buckley.
1: Um, and Buckley doesn't like Beveridge, which is fine. Because I don't like Beveridge either. But anyway, um... So,
0: d- only reason why I don't think Geelong do a number on the dogs is because it's at Marvel
1: yeah Marvel's day but yep yeah, yeah. the biggest thing for Western Bulldogs is Caleb Daniels out Yeah, he is their man they go through a lot in defensive 50 mm-hmm. and out, coming outside 50 he's their main kicker that's a big someone who does that week in week out if you watch a lot of Western Balls, he is the one they go they look to go to a lot so with him out who is the man that takes up that responsibility and does he know the role as well as what Caleb Daniel does? And that's a big problem, especially when you get the ball inside your forward 50 and you're trying to uh, exit it and you've got the forward pressure of Geelong, which they're bringing, and all of a sudden you turn around and go, where's little Caleb Daniel? He's hiding in someone's back pocket and he's not there. And all of a sudden you've got to, yeah, you've got to make another decision. It's a big, big change to think it's,
0: well, 100% it is, and the stats back you up there as well, which is a great pickup by you. So the Bulldogs launch a score from 14% of their chains inside defensive 50, ranked number one in the competition. They average 26 points from the defensive half intercept possessions, ranked number one in the competition. So, yeah, how do they score that, Daniel? That is basically, he's the, he's, what, the, he's the Bulldogs.
1: He's, he's a 30 to 40 meter kick. He, he's very accurate, very clean, good decision maker, and that's why he gets you know, 20, 25 kicks a week. So maybe Hans, someone like Johannes or someone like that needs to step in and play that role, but do, do they play it as well as him? And I guarantee you Geelong would have planned for it and they'll be hunting a couple of those smaller blokes that might go into playing that similar sort of role. And, um, and just Geelong's you know, defense, we've seen that Western Worlds have really struggled to score this year, and just Geelong's defense will just smother them. And Geelong's midfield should beat their midfield as well. It's only really Bonte Palli that keeps them in games at the moment. And, yeah, I think Geelong's forward line will be too strong and kick, kick a score, hit their roll going. And Western Borgs are going to struggle to score. And I, I reckon, you know, the 60 to 70 mark will be a good good little bet for there for the doggies. The only
0: one I had here as well was the under. So under 166 at $1.80. Rolled Rather into the Geelong winners $2.60. Uh, so the mean median score for when Geelong wins is 64. Yep. So, if they if they restrict the Bulldogs to 64, is the belt they score anyway? Uh, and they score 100, that's 164, which is under 166. Yep. Bada bing, bada boom, that's a win. Saturday, 8 10. Fremantle of $3.10 outsiders, West Coast $1.34 favourites. They're playing at Optus Stadium in the Derby. It's a 20 point line and a very small 157 over under for the total. Can Freo respond? They've been they've been clipped. They've been whacked. No. Roscoe's saying, "Don't talk to me. Don't listen to commentators." Meanwhile, the Eagles, as you just predicted, are building nicely into the back end of the season, yeah. and I think they've had to just roll up their sleeves and bash the younger brother like they always do
1: out west. West Coast to uh, continue their domination over Freo, and they've pretty pretty good fit lineup at the moment. West Coast, and they're just flying all nicely. They got what they need to do last week against. Uh, Hawthorne, and I think the fact that Freeman are considering to play Sandlands to combat Nick Nat shows just where they're at mentally. So
0: Especially to combat Nick Nat when Nick Nat wasn't very impressive against the Hawks on the weekend. He did, what, like, he did what he needed to do, he did but like, the last quarter, he shouldn't yeah. be scared of him. No, no. Because he's not going to be fit. No. Like He's not there yet. No. Be scared of him in September if yeah. you ever make it, but you won't because we don't trust you. So, Eagles to win by plenty, and just to pick you up on that stat, uh, if they win, it'll be nine-game winning streak right, in yeah. derbies. Yeah. Uh, which will be their equal record from when they used to bend up in them early days when they first came in, in the early nineties. So bad times there for the for the Derkers, and I think that's when you want to see some pressure, you want to see some accountability. Watch the little furnace turn up on the Derkers. Yes, uh, once they lose a derby by plenty,
1: if they oh, they, they generally make it close to the derby, the derbies or derbies, but yeah, yeah, I reckon if if Fair get thumped here, it could be interesting to see what happens during the week, but especially after the last couple of games they've had, but. Yeah, I just think West Coast is too good. Oh, wow, what a game.
0: (laughs) And then Sunday, 3.20, North Melbourne are becoming the North Hobart Kangaroos. they are off to Bloodstone Arena. They're $1.28 favourites against St Kilda, who are $3.60 outsiders. The line here is 24. Apparently, this is an absolute chore thing, pun intended. Four goal margin, the over-under, 163. So we've completely sold all our stocks in St Kilda, apparently, as the football... Football world? Well, Richo Richo's not there next year so
1: he, he knows that. The players pretty much know it and that's why you're getting the performances you're getting and I, I don't know why I was saying, I was saying a couple weeks ago they get thumped and they will cut the losses and they've been thumped the last two weeks and if they get thumped down here it definitely won't be their next next game. So North will win they'll win pretty comfortably. Um, if they don't then Reese honeymoon's over we'll be interested to see a response to that but Yep, Northwind. Double your money and make a stack. Hold up. Somebody bring me back some money, please.
0: Everyone's favorite segment of the podcast, Money Making Time, our round 16 feature bets. First question, Baz. Are you continuing with essentially the endless cause of a belting to nothing when it comes to the Carlton Gold Coast pledge yes. of 61
1: to 75. I said, I'm doing it all year. I might as well stick it out. Stick uh-huh. fat. We've only got what, 10 weeks to go. fine.
0: <laughs> 10 weeks to go. <laughs> we've still got 10% return on in investment. Gold Coast, $3.40 for 61 to 75 this week. Carlton, $2.80 against Melbourne, 61 to 75. But that's definitely buyer beware. All right, talk us through your bets for the weekend, Bats. Uh,
1: two best bets, definitely Sydney. They should be a lot shorter than that and good. That's that, that's good enough for me, I reckon, until I was 25. And then the under total match points in the Carlton melbourne game, that's going to be a horrible game to watch. It's going to be wet on Sunday and, yeah, just a yuck game. So it'll be under. Neither team can score, so it'll be good.
0: There you go. Mine is uh, just a single bet from mine this week, is Geelong to win against Doggies and go under 166. As I mentioned before, Doggies will be held to about 60 points. Geelong will probably make that about 100 that is a money for jam. And then your value bets for the week, Bands. Uh, Two value. Uh,
1: GWS score between 91 and 105 points. If I feel it's to be a bit of a shootout. They're going to score a lot of points and Collingwood to win between 20 and 39. I reckon that five goal margin is about spot on for the Pies. Don't usually put teams away a lot and Hawthorne generally don't get beaten by big margins either so I reckon yeah, we'll, we'll be winning and winning pretty comfortably there
0: you go alright if you have your own angles any tips or uh, any bakes you want to send on to us hit us up at twitter at sc mag or on our facebook page which is sporting chance magazine or come meet us face to face down at the yorkshire hotel
1: come on